Hi there, this is Justina, and you're listening to the Exploding Head Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is the second episode of my podcast, and I'm very excited to be talking with you today about something that happened very recently. I have to say, when I was recording my first episode on, you know, what good happened in 2020, the insurrection happened in the States, an attempted coup. And I thought, wow, okay, this makes my whole episode not necessarily irrelevant, but like the whole 2020 seems ages ago, Uh, but I still kept it because I thought it was important. But so that happened, and I think we have to talk about it, and it's being talked about, obviously, on the news, in different late-night shows, like, because it is a big deal to see an attempted coup in an established democracy. That's rare. And I want to begin by saying that whatever you think about the states, like it's, you know, it's domestic policy, it's uh, foreign policy, you know, whatever criticisms you have, like I have mine. Yeah, US is an established democracy. Its institutions are old. The institutions, they sort of function how they should be functioning. Are there any structural flaws with some of them like hey what role money plays in politics of course but as a democracy yeah it's an old one and there are many different frameworks that we can use to analyze the situation and some of them they deserve more than like a 20 minute episode and things like white supremacy and what role Trump has played in uh, encouraging enabling and mobilizing certain types of people these are very serious matters of course And this is only one of the frameworks that we could be using to look at what happened. But I think, and this is really sad to say, we will have time to talk about it in the future, to address these big, important kind of elephant-in-the-room topics in in following episodes. Also, since I've mentioned elephant-in-the-room, let me recommend, and I know this is on the second episode, but like, let me start recommending you things. Please listen to Unlocking Us, the show by Brené Brown. It's a podcast. It's an excellent show. And in her latest episode, she talks about insurrection and bringing her research knowledge to it. And she quotes someone, so I don't think it's actually her quote. Uh, And the quote goes, white supremacy is not the elephant in the room. It is the room. Man, I highly recommend, I mean, the show, anything that Brené does, but that episode specifically. So it's the whole room to address. But today, after I've mentioned all these interesting things and interesting aspects of how we can analyze the situation, I wanted to to do something else. And I wanted to use a tool that is quite widely applicable. It's something that we can use now. And hey, I'm recording this before Biden's inauguration, so shit can happen. So I thought, okay, how do I make this relevant? And I thought of a couple of concepts I want to use today, something that is interesting, I think, to me, and something that will remain relevant. Whatever happens during the inauguration, after the inauguration, something we can use in this analysis and hopefully you can use it, you know, in your your life in general. So today I want to talk about something that doesn't sound political, but it can be, and that is trust. And in social sciences, we talk about two different, we, because, you know, I'm such a researcher, I am, but we talk about two different kinds of trust. We have interpersonal trust and political trust. But this is where you might stop me and say, 
Well, this is very abstract. How come I only have two types of trust? Am I not allowed to create my own category? For example, maybe the trust I have between me and my dog. To which I would say, what are you talking about? The trust between you and your dog? That's ridiculous. It's always at 100%. You don't need to measure it. It doesn't fluctuate. There is no scale. That's why it's silly. But so let me continue. And so interpersonal trust, as the title says, it's basically answering the question, do you think that people are generally trustworthy? And of course, there are different questions how that can be framed, like how social scientists actually measure interpersonal trust. And then political trust asks you about your trust in a political institutions. So that could be different types of government, let's say local government, state government, national government, whatever, uh, police, courts, and, and so on. And when you think about it, let me go on a detour that I hope is interesting. Can one type of trust influence another type of trust? Like, are they correlated between themselves? I think the answer is that can happen. And I want to give you one example that might seem a bit dark because it is actually. So when we look at countries with a pretty painful, oppressive past, like a, a country that was under a, a dictatorship, some kind of a military regime for a long time, and think about countries that had really strong secret services, a network. So let's say, hey, I'm from a post-Soviet country myself. So you might have heard of KGB, a secret state police force that, you know, oppressive regimes tend to have. So if you know that you might be watched by your neighbors and you might be just a call away from having these KGB agents at your house, if you know that your neighbors might be spying on you, da 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 if this is your real surveillance state, this is not just, you know, Facebook and Google, you know, knowing everything about you. So if you know that, your likelihood to trust your neighbors might not be great, right? So this is just a quick example of how certain political institutions could have an effect on personal trust as well. But so let's go back to the states. So you might think that how the circle goes is that you are dissatisfied with, let's say, political leaders. And that results in a drop in political trust, which is correct. Like that happens. There's, there's proof to that. But also another study has found that there's some proof that it goes the other way around as well. If you do have already a low level of political trust, that might also lead to you being dissatisfied with leaders. So it's a tricky thing to deconstruct. And there's one good question to ask. So okay, if we have this concept of political trust and we can measure that, then, okay, what's a good, what's a healthy level of political trust? Like, how do we determine that? And on one hand, when you think about it, you might say, well, we should be skeptical. We should be questioning authority. We should be questioning power structures. Like, that's not inherently a bad thing. On the other hand, you might think, well, if the political trust level is really low, like, really, really low, could that potentially, statistically, likely push people into taking certain actions, into getting involved into what could be called anti-politics, like dismantling of the political system as we have it now? And could these actions be violent? But two things here. Some countries, we have established democracies and they have High levels of political trust, some have lo lower. And that is not to say that the lower the political trust, definitely we're going to have 
you know, people committing crimes against the government, people trying to, you know, orchestrate a coup. No, actually, there is, it's, it's not causation, it's just like political trust is one of the factors we can take a look at and see, like, can we, can we predict something? Like, what does it say? What might happen, right? And another thing is that, yes, in the States, political trust, as it has been measured, it has been declining from mid-60s. So almost since when we started measuring it, like it rose and then it just started going down. And it was going down steadily in general till now. There was a spike. Very clearly, you can see it's due to September 11. But now it's been just going down. In Obama years as well, Trump also. So it is going down very steadily. And it's at an all-time low right now. And hey, you know what can be a factor in eroding trust? Someone, for example, a political leader saying how the government sucks, how the government isn't functioning, how the government is not helping you, how the institutions are crooked and how elections are stolen. Whatever the effects are of such talk, I really highly doubt they contribute to building that trust. And what's really scary in this situation? You look at the people who stormed the Capitol and... It's scary for many reasons. For so many reasons, it's scary. But there's another reason why it's scary. So maybe you've heard of this poll. In the media, at least, it seems that it's been talked about. So I will do the same. And it showed that from the people who participated, right, from the people who got sampled in a way in the poll, that of those people, 45, holy shit, 45% of people who identified as Republicans said they agreed with insurrection. You might ask how representative was the sample? Does agreeing mean like I would have gone with them? Probably, probably no. Let's at least hope for that. But 45%. You know, when people say, this is a shocking piece of news, and you think, is it really? Will it be shocking? I don't know. This, this is 45%. My God. And I wanted to share something with you that for me created that exploding head moment many years ago. I remember my political science classes. I took a class on specifically American politics. And uh, I was introduced to the difference between what Democrats and Republicans mean, like these words, big D, small d, and the same, capital R, lowercase r. It sounds like I'm going on a detour, but please stick with me. And so, a Democrat, small d, is someone who believes that we elect our representatives. So we elect them, and they then legitimately represent us like in the government, our needs and wishes and desires, let's say. So we elect our representatives. Democracy, cool. Democrat. And then what Republican, with a small r, means is that you believe in a republic, not a monarchy, not a theocracy, right? A republic where people vote. So the power is in the voting. And then you have Democrats spelled with a capital D and then Republicans with a capital R. And that means you belong to that party. But so what made my head explode at the time was when my political science professor, and hey, that was what, 13, 14 years ago, so... It was very memorable when she said every Democrat, big D, someone who belongs to the Democratic Party, is a Republican, small r. 
and every Republican, big R, belongs to the Republican Party, is a Democrat. And I thought, whoa, <laughs> what was this? Like, oh my God, like this is so cool, actually. And I'm glad I kind of kept that knowledge and now I'm sharing that with you many years later. And so when you look at the insurrection and when you look at the poll, look at the insurrection, look at the poll, Republicans, poll, and I am obviously not the only one saying this, but so if you belong to the party whose origins at least are based on the idea that people vote, this is how governments get elected, right? Voting matters. We use voting to to get to where we are, where we where we want to be. And then you say, yeah, we should just overthrow the government. That's anti-Republican and it's anti-democratic as well. And it's really messed up. And I've seen, I have to say, I've seen so many really witty jokes, I have to say, on, well, mostly on Twitter, really. Uh, people saying, oh, it's surprising the coup was unsuccessful, knowing how much of experience the states have had in other regions. And I thought, yeah, that's kind of right. Ooh. But at the same time, cynical jokes, good cynical jokes, whatever jokes you're making, it's obviously very serious. It's very scary. And even I bet people who are sort of pointing to this coup and saying, well, this is your, you know, you're being treated with your own medicine. No one wishes that. You don't wish that onto your American friends. You don't wish that onto anything, I hope. Especially if you consider yourself a Democrat and or Republican. Or, as we know now, as possible, both. Thank you so much for listening. I know there's so much that you could be and hopefully are consuming on this topic. I hope you find something useful here. I hope that, you know, the next time you hear trust, you think, ooh, which trust are you talking about? Are you talking about political trust or interpersonal trust? And the person will say, I'm talking about the trust I have my dog, obviously. So thank you so much again. And now we can just continue our lives in fear hoping that large-scale violence doesn't break out during Biden's inauguration.